are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. I want to talk today about a wounded spirit. Let's just raise our hands to the Lord and say, Father, I want to hear what you have for me today. I want to hear your word, Lord. Speak to my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14, a man's spirit sustains him in sickness. But a crushed spirit, who can bear? Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, A cheerful heart is good like a medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A wounded spirit is injury to any area of our spirit faculties, our mind, our emotions, our will. It's injury to the unseen area of our being. The only way that others can see or know of the injury is by the way that we behave, the way that we react or the way that we conduct ourselves. The deeper or the more severe the wound, the greater the negative effect it has on the individual's life, spiritually, socially, materially, and physically. Depending upon our makeup, We act out in different ways when our spirit is crushed. For some of us, we've had our spirits crushed when we were just very young of age. And it has followed us right up through. Sometimes we have hidden it for a while. Sometimes in middle age or later, It comes to the surface, and it really causes us problems. A crushed spirit has ruined marriages. Men and women not being able to be intimate with their spouses because of something that happened to them when they were a child. Addictions that lie low for a while and then they rise their ugly head. And when you just, when you thought that you have finally conquered that thing, it's back in your face again. Because of a crushed spirit, you cannot trust anybody. You hate women, you hate men, 
all of these things have a way of weighing you down. But needless to say, God is fully able to cure the spiritual wounds and heal you just like he can heal your sick body and your physical wounds. Jesus came to heal the whole person. Body, soul, and spirit. He came to heal the brokenhearted and the oppressed, the sick and the lame and the blind. He came to set you free, and he's here to deliver you today. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Jesus operated under the anointing of the Holy Spirit when he walked in flesh upon this earth. And he expects you and I to walk in that same anointing. To have this anointing, you don't need to have a bachelor of theology or a doctorate or a master's. To have this anointing, you don't have to be saved for X number of years. We all have the capacity to have that anointing and to walk in that anointing every day. And be the hand of God extended to our families, our friends, our loved ones, and our peers. Jesus was circumcised when he was eight days old. He was dedicated to the Lord by his earthly parents approximately a month later. And that's where we get our custom of dedicating children to the Lord. And then when Jesus was about 30 years of age, he was baptized by John in the River Jordan. And the Bible says that he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. And after being tempted for 40 days, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. And from that time on, he began his earthly ministry. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. It was a, it was a weekly schedule with Jesus to be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day, on the Sabbath. Now after Jesus rose and, and when the Holy Spirit was poured out and the church was born, the church began to meet on the Lord's day. And so every one of us, that's the reason, that is a, 
a prime reason why we need to come to church. We need to schedule it in our time. You wake up in the morning and the sun is shining. You say, I think I'll go fishing. No, I'll go fishing after service. Because I've got a schedule to keep. I've got an appointment with God. I need to go and hear what God has to say for me. It's probably the only time in the whole week where you will be able to sit down and and God can get your attention. Every one of us, we've got so many things on our plate. We We are so rushed at everything. We've got so much to do our work with today, but still, time for God seems to be just not there. And so you can come into church on a Sunday morning and let the word of God sink into your heart. You can let God speak to you by his spirit, by his word, through his word, through people, and and, and, and in singing. Then you can go on about your day. But every one of us need to make sure that we are scheduling time with God. A good reason to be in church. Jesus scheduled it in his. Okay. That was a little off the side, but he read from Isaiah. He went into the temple. The Bible says he stood and to read. And this is what he read from Isaiah. He said, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. This subject of woundedness has affected every one of us, no matter who we are. If you've been alive for any length of time, you've been wounded in your spirit. Some of us share all the gory details of what has happened in our lives. And some of us don't. But you know, there are a lot of godly men and women, people who God have used tremendously in ministry, who have been really, really crushed. And God has used them in spite of it. I remember a man, I believe he's gone on now to be with the Lord. His name was Ernie Hollins. He was in prison for life. He was not supposed to get out. God worked a miracle somehow, and even the authorities don't know how he ever got out, but he was out. And he became a minister of the gospel, and he preached in in, uh, full gospel men's, businessmen's associations for years. Led many, many people to the Lord. But his story is one of, of tremendous hurt and persecution and 
and it led them to a life of crime. And yet God got a hold of him because another man visited him in prison, led him to the Lord, then gave him a job in his store handling the cash. You think of another well-known person, Joyce Myers. Abused by her father. She was just a young girl and it carried on up to her life. One of the most powerful preachers of the gospel and teachers of the gospel today. Think of Katie Wiedrich, powerful woman of God, suffered tremendous abuse from her father. And yet today, she's doing a work for the Lord and a powerful work. You see, no matter how hard you've been crushed, no matter how wounded your spirit is, no matter what men and women have done to you, God is able to take you and give you a life that will be productive, a life that will be full of joy and happiness, a life that will cause many to come to know Jesus as their Savior. Because God is in the restoring business. So many times on the outside we may look good, but on the inside, many of us are hurting from the emotional wounds that we've picked up along life's journey. Some have found healing in God. But others are just coping with life, using something. Some are barely able to function because you've become so injured as a result. Now let's switch. That's enough of talking about the wound. Jesus wants to bring healing into your life. Jesus is Jehovah Rapha. Bible says in Psalm 47, he heals the broken heart and binds up their wounds. Rapha means to, to mend, to repair, to make whole. And Jesus makes us every with whole. God comforts people. It's his nature to do it. It's his nature to, to help you to look up. Corinthians, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians verses 1, 3, and 4, Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulations. He's there to be with us. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. All tribulations 
every experience of pain and conflict and pressure and stress. He's there for us, working through us to comfort us. And then when we have been comforted by him, he expects us to comfort others. Your testimony of healing gives hope to others who are in pain. Most of us, when we're going through a very difficult situation, we, the last thing that we think is somebody else has gone through this very same thing and God has brought them through it. We think that I'm the only one. I'm the only one that's ever experienced this. But we know that's not true. No matter what you're facing today, I can guarantee you that in a room this size with these many people, there's, there, there's, there's a number of people that could say, I've faced the same thing. And here's what I did. Look, we talked about last week. We encourage ourselves in the Lord. We find strength in his word. Do you know something? I could, I could pick a thousand topics to preach on this morning, and when everything is said and done, the same solution is for everything. It's the Word of God, it is the blood of Jesus Christ, it is the power of the Holy Spirit. All of these things working in hand in hand causes you and I to be more than conquerors, causes you and I to be able to ride above the storm and experience the joy and the peace that comes from a living God. God, by Holy Spirit, brings comfort and healing in various ways. The Word of God. Romans 15, 14 says, Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. The Scriptures give us strength to go on. They cheer us up and give us hope. That's why we need to know what God's Word says. Because sooner or later, I'm going to face something that is too difficult for me to handle on my own. But I can look into the Word of God, and there I can find an answer to the problem. And all I have to do is to, to apply that to my life and begin to live that out in my life. And I will find that his word really works. The word of God has power to comfort and heal as Holy Spirit makes it real to our hearts. And then there's the prophetic word. In a church where God is moving and people are in touch with God and they've been endued in, in, in with power from on high, there are, there are a number of people that are prophetic within the congregation. 1 Corinthians 14, uh, uh, verse 3 says, He that prophesies speaks for education, exhortation, and comfort. And they're not telling your fortune. 
but they are speaking on behalf of God into my life and into your life. And we need to listen because many times God speaks to us when, when he can't get through to us in other ways. He can speak a word of prophecy into our lives and it will cause us to come alive. It will open, open up our, our senses to what God is saying, make us sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And moves in our heart, and all of a sudden that light bulb turns on. What we couldn't see before all, all of a sudden becomes plain. A prophetic word releases the presence of the Holy Spirit. Faith for comfort, healing, and hope. Because you see, God knows. I said, God knows. He knows exactly what I need. He knows exactly where I'm at. He knows the pain. He sees the tears. And he wants to help you and I to be productive within his family. Then there's the fellowship of friends. Paul lists five Christian friends. And he says in Colossians chapter 4, 11, he said, these only are my fellow workers in the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort to me. When you're going through a difficult time, you need a friend to stand beside you. You don't need someone to tell you what you're doing wrong. You need someone to say, listen, I'm with you. Oh, God, help my brother. Help my sister. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you will give her strength. I pray that you will help him in this difficult hour because that's what friends are for. They stand with you. Lord, they weep with you. They rejoice with you. But one thing is certain, that if you've got a good friend you need to keep them because they love you. And, some, and the Bible talks about, about the, the wounds of a friend being something that is very valuable because a real friend will tell you the truth. They won't just quote it over. They won't say, I, 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 I would like to say this, but I'm afraid I will offend him. I'm afraid I will offend her if I say that. But they know that you know that they, they, they love you and they care about you and they may at, at first be a little upset at you because you said a certain thing. But if you have a heart that is pure before God and you have your friend's best interests at heart, they will receive what God gives you for them in that difficult hour. Vital relationships are essential for support and comfort. People sharing common vision, faith, and values. People able to come alongside in a time of need. But you know something? We need to position ourselves to be comforted. There's a record in the Bible, don't refuse comfort. When you're in a difficult situation, don't shut yourself in. Don't shut everybody out. The family of God is God's gift to you, to help you, to encourage you. The Bible tells us of Jacob. 
In Genesis chapter 37, verse 35, you know how Joseph's brothers were all jealous of him because, because like in many families, Joseph was the favorite son. And his father made a, a coat of many colors for him. And he wore this coat so proudly. This is what dad made for me. And his father sent him out to his brothers who were in the fields. And when they saw him come, and they, they stripped him of his coat and threw him in a, in a pit. Eventually sold him. And uh, they brought back the, the garment. They killed a lamb and put blood, smeared blood all over it. And they didn't have to come out and say that Joseph was dead. All they had to do was say, Dad, we saw this coat. This is Joseph. We know this is Joseph's coat. And there it is. Don't know where Joseph is. And he came to a conclusion. My son is dead. A wild beast has devoured him. And so, locked into sorrow and believing a lie that his son was dead, he made a foolish vow. He said, I'll go to my grave in grief. I'll never get over this. This is the end for me. Life is finished for me. I'll go to my grave in grief. And many of you have come to that point in your life. Life is never going to be the same again. I'll never get over this. Why, Lord, why? And some of you are a testimony that you did get over it. That although it was something that was very crushing, your spirit was wounded. The one you pledged your life to and your love to has been unfaithful. And the marriage ended and and with it, you said, my life is ended as well. But God, in his love and mercy, as you look to him, came in by his Holy Spirit, brought new life, new happiness, new love into your life. And now you're praising God. You looked at, at the ashes of your wealth and saw it all dwindle to nothing. Bankruptcy. And you said, this is it. How can I, I'm a certain age. How can I ever restore this? How can I ever get back from this? And today, you're wealthier and stronger than you've ever been before. God came through for you because you dared to believe him. I'm going to tell you, friends, 
You may have, may have, or may have had a crushed spirit, but our God is bigger. There's a song we used to sing one time, bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears. God is able, able to do greater things, greater things than I see or cannot see. That's the God we serve, friends. That's the God we serve. Choose to move out of the place of sorrow. Receive comfort from the Lord through his various means. He's got so many different ways. More he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above more than I can ask or think. He's greater than my imagination. I need to choose to move out and trust him in that. <laughs> Express the hurt. Second Kings 20 verse 5 says, it's concerning Hezekiah. God tells the prophet to go and tell Hezekiah that he's, going to die, set your house in order, you're going to die. And after the prophet left, the Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he began to weep before God. He began to repent and say, oh God, Lord, I'm sorry. And the Bible says that before the prophet left the palace, God spoke to him and he said, I want you to go back and give this message to Hezekiah. I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. I will heal you. I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you and this city my own namesake, for my own namesake and for my day servant David's sake. What would have happened if Hezekiah had started to moan and complain and blame God that he, he was cutting off his life at such an early age? But when he heard the word from the prophet, instead, instead of, of doing that, he looked to God. God did for him a mighty miracle. There are many different ways that we express pain. Tears are an expression of our pain and a desire to share it. Then we talk to God, we pray, we have someone pray with us. Or we talk to people and there's wisdom in biblical counsel. Psalm 1-1 says, blessed or happy is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Too often when we get into problems, we go to the ungodly for a solution. How about going to God? How about 
going to a man or a woman who you know that prays and believes God, believes in miracles, believes the word of God. There is a place for the professional. And I believe that God has placed professionals in our world to serve us just like he has placed the word of God and just like he has placed men of God and women of God. But we need God. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for the medical profession. I thank God for the pills. If I didn't have a a handful of pills that I take every morning, I wouldn't be able to stand up here today. I wouldn't have the strength to do it. But God has given us men and women that he has blessed and give wisdom to and knowledge to that they're able to look into all of these things and come up with with things that can help us in our health. And I thank God for that. Amen? God has given us people who who have studied the human brain and and they, they, they can help us in a lot of ways and in all of these things. Psychiatrists and all of that. But if we're going to leave God out of the picture, we are only getting half the solution. So if you go to somebody and they say, you tell them your story. If they're not godly people, what are they going to tell you? Let's say the, one of the most common ones. I'm having problems in my marriage. My wife does this and this and this. And You go to an ungodly counselor and they're going to say, well, first of all, I think you should separate for a while. You go to a godly counselor and they're going to say, let's pray about it. Let's see what God has to say. Let's look into the word of God. Let's see what God has to say. I can never forgive him. I can never forgive her for what they did. But what does the Bible say? Do you think God would ask me to forgive If it was impossible for me to forgive, I think not. Believe you can be healed and that God will honor his promises. He says, I'm the Lord that heals you. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you could believe, forgive and release people. Forgiveness unlocks us from the pain of the past. Forgiveness cancels the debt, belief, the belief that someone owes you. Forgiveness is a choice, a decision to act against feelings. Forgive those who hurt you. Mark 11, verse 25, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. 
don't say I can't forgive because God has already stated that you can. Amen? Unforgiveness will hinder healing power in the Holy Spirit. Unforgiveness is a deadly poison that separates us from God, from God's forgiveness in our own lives and, and gives us over to the tormenting spirits. You know what the tormenting spirits do? They take control of your mind. And you go over that situation over and over and over again. And every time you remember it and every time you relive it is just as bad and just as horrible and just as hurtful as the day that it happened. And it torments you to no end. The Bible teaches us to forgive as we have been forgiven of God. You can choose to forgive, but you can't choose to forget. Listen to me now. You can choose to forgive. It's a choice. And you can forgive. But you can't choose to forget. Forgetting is a process. Scars are simple reminders that you've been healed. Feed on the word of God. Read your Bible, allowing it to touch every area of your life. It's essential to your healing, the word of God. Psalms 107, verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them. Do you get it? His word is healing. David said in Psalm 119, 28, my soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Folks, there's no shortcut. If you disregard this, you are just fooling yourself. God's way is the right way. I'm concluding with this. I got an article here from T.D. Jakes. Everyone knows T.D. Jakes. How many know about T.D. Jakes? Powerful man of God. This is what he says. He says, Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord one night. He came out of that experience with two things. The blessing of God and a limp in his walk. He limped for the rest of his life. The limp didn't mean that God hadn't blessed Jacob. 
It meant only one thing. He had a limp. Your struggle with sin doesn't mean that you aren't saved or healed in your soul and body. It only means that you still have a limp. Do you get that? Are you listening? And the fact is, you may never lose your limp entirely. Wow. And here I was, I thought that someday I might even be able to walk on water. You may never lose your limp entirely. You may learn to walk and even to skip and run. You may learn to get around so well that nothing about your limp shows, slows you down. You may even be able to get a built-up shoe that disguises the handicap and allows you to function as though you had never been injured. You may even forget all about your limp. When that happens and you feel no pain and no self-consciousness about it, then you're healed even though the limp remains. Father, make this real to us today. Don't let the limp fool you. You You can be healed and still have a limp. The limp is only a sign that you've been through something, not that you're still struggling with something. If you can think about some insult or adversity and it doesn't hurt anymore, you can be certain that you have been healed. If you can talk about a painful experience in your past and it doesn't cause you to feel anger or hatred, you have been healed. If you can see the person who has wronged you or hurt you and not feel bitter, not feel bitterness, then by God's grace, you have been healed. You may still have scars on your body, telltale signs of your predicament. You may still be divorced You may still have a need. You may still have a limp. But on the inside, you have been healed. Don't confuse the scars with the inner work of the Holy Spirit. The scars do not define the healing. What God has done in your innermost being proves that you have been healed. Whose report are you going to believe today? Are you going to believe the devil's report? Or are you going to believe God's report? Let's stand and give him some praise. Folks, I just hope, I I just pray 
that you've got this message today because this is important. It's not about the wounded spirit. It's about what God can do for a wounded spirit. It's about what God can do in your life right now. I firmly believe that God is about to do something in Cold Lake that is going to make people stand up and look and pay attention. And there are people in our churches that are living with wounded spirits that need to be healed and they need to just trust God for it. It's not something that you're doomed to be with, to live with for the rest of your life. God wants to do something in your life. God wants to set you free. God wants to give you power in your life. Power over the enemy. Power over that thing, that stronghold that keeps you down, that keeps you from rejoicing, that keeps you from praising God, that keeps you from doing what you really want to do in your spirit. One of these days, you say, one of these days, I'm going to be different. One of these days, I'm going to be better. But oh God, do it now. Not one of these days. Let it happen now. Open up your heart to God. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. No man can do it. Your husband can't do it. Your wife can't do it. Your father can't do it. Your mother can't do it. Your son can't do it. Your daughter can't do it. You've got to do it. You've got to make the decision. I am going to trust God. I'm going to get over this thing. I don't care what it is. It may be pornography. It may be deviant sexual things. It may be addictions to alcohol. It may be addictions to gambling. No matter what it is, but I want to tell you that the thing that has you bound today can be broken off in a moment of time. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if they have committed sins, they will be forgiven. That's the promise of God's word. And God has never failed. He's never failed me yet and he'll never fail you. Every one of us, we have our down days. Every one of us, we fall. Every one of us, we fail. There are things that we have done since we've been Christians that we wish we had never done. But God is here to say today, I want to heal that wounded spirit. Will you let him? Will you let him? We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.